we've reached a historic and terrifying number of deaths when it comes to COVID. New drama surrounding TikTok's biggest star that's causing her to lose hundreds of thousands of followers. And the Thanksgiving green bean casserole. Essential or disgusting? We're breaking down some serious food debates with celebrity chef Carla Hall. The date, November 19th, 2020. The time, news o'clock. Hey everyone, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Zach Stafford. Welcome to BuzzFeed's News O'Clock. Zach, did you see the owl in the Rockefeller Christmas tree? The the Rockefeller Christmas tree that's falling apart? No, I did not, Casey. (laughs) Yes. Okay, so background. A tiny little owl was found in the tree. Like it traveled all the way from wherever they got said tree to put it at Rockefeller Center. Like it sat inside that tree the whole time. You know, they're saving and caring for this owl, right? Like the owl's doing fine. But a lot of people are saying like, oh, this owl's so cute. Like kind of like sharing this like cute story. And I'm like, it made my heart very sad. This poor owl is not with its owl family anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah. Like who wants to be alone during the holidays, especially this holiday? And this owl is about to be in the the metaphoric Christmas tree of 2020 that is a mess. It's literally falling apart. I don't know why budget were cut at Rockefeller Center, but they were, and this is what we're dealing with now. <laughs> it truly is so sad. And I think it's kind of funny because a lot of people have been talking about how they're celebrating like, or they're prepping for Christmas early this year because anyone, people are looking for any joy they can bring into their home. I went on a walk last night at night and I'm not even joking. It was a very short 20 minute walk. I saw five decorated Christmas trees in people's homes. Before Thanksgiving. Oh yes. People are doing it earlier. One of my friends got hers two weeks ago. It's like people are just like, please let 2020 be over. Please let it be over. We need joy. Let's make, let's make it be December 25th right now. (laughs) I do have a confession, Casey. I am notoriously not into decorating for Christmas. It's not my thing. Mm -hmm. And I did last night find myself thinking fondly about a decorated cactus here in the Los Angeles area. So something is happening. I think we all do want joy. Even my cold heart wants Christmas joy this year. Right. So everyone wants joy. And so then Rockefeller was like, yes, this is the year we will have the shitty tree. That the owl is the stuck owl, in. Yes. This is a metaphor above everything else. Wow. All right, Zach, it's time for today's top stories. What have you got for us? Okay. So we have reached a new terrifying number when it comes to COVID deaths, according to NBC News. 250,000 people, family, friends, frontline workers, a quarter of a million Americans dead from COVID-19. A death count still higher than any other country, and it's near the top of the list of countries adjusted for population. Yes, you're hearing that correctly, a quarter of a million people. To put this into perspective, that's like if the entire population of the following cities had died. Reno, Nevada, Scottsdale, Arizona, Buffalo, New York. That's a massive number that we can expect to rise, especially following the Thanksgiving travel rush. Which, speaking of, the CDC is just now recommending you don't travel for the holiday. They made that announcement in a phone call with a reporter today. So please, hunker down the season with your pod and just wear the mask and wash your hands. Meanwhile, given the fact that COVID is still running rampant, you may not be planning on flying anytime soon, but that hasn't stopped Boeing from saying its 737 MAX planes are once again cleared for takeoff. Here's CBS News explaining why they're taking flight again. American is moving ahead with plans to resume passenger service as soon as December 29th, following the FAA's order ungrounding the plane. FAA Administrator Steve Dixon, a pilot, 
flew the MAX last month. I can tell you now that I am 100% comfortable with my family flying on it. This particular plane, the 737 MAX, has been grounded since March 2019 by the FAA. This came after two deadly crashes that killed 346 people were blamed on flight control failures. Boeing says they've agreed to the FAA's two criteria for return. The first is to fix those flight control flaws, and the second is to require additional pilot training. And finally, we've previously played you some of the searing public commentary from Wayne County, Michigan, after their board of canvassers refused to certify the election results there Tuesday night. Well, according to reporting from the AP, Donald Trump reached out to two of those rogue canvassers, Monica Palmer and William Hartman, earlier that same day to offer his support. Tuesday night, those canvassers flip-flopped and voted in favor of approval. Then, on Wednesday, those same rogue canvassers flip-flopped again and signed affidavits saying they believe the county vote, quote, should not be certified, even though they did, in fact, certify it. And now, we have an update on the mess in Michigan today from all places, Fox News. Fox News alert. The Trump campaign has just put out a statement saying that they are dropping a lawsuit in Michigan. The statement reads this. This morning, we are withdrawing our lawsuit in Michigan as a result, a direct result of achieving the relief we sought to stop the election in Wayne County from being prematurely certified before residents can be assured that every legal vote has been counted and every illegal vote has not been counted. All of this, of course, after they sought to stop the certification of the election results there. Okay, so that news is slightly misleading since that suit wasn't a victory for Trump. For those wondering, the Trump campaign's current record on these kinds of court cases is 1 to 25. That's 25 losses in court over election matters. 25, Casey. Lost 25. That's a that's a number. That's a high number. I don't know if I've lost anything 25 times, so bravo. Trump administration. But, you know, going back to earlier what I said about Boeing 737s, How are you feeling about that news? Are you willing to get on a plane yet? No, not good. I mean, for, I mean, specifically not that plane when it's just as like, you know, to fix those flight control flaws and then require, and just to like require additional pilot training. I'm like, uh, I'm be like, how many hours training? What are we talking about here? Casey, I want to be in the room or I want to have been in the room when that calculus was made that was like, hey, so we're in the middle of a pandemic where people should not be flying right now unless it's an emergency, but let's relaunch our 737s that people already don't trust. So, hey, you can get COVID and maybe your plane goes down. No, not great. Um, And also what I was thinking about, I know that some airlines, and I can't remember which we're talking about, how in November they were going to lift some of their restrictions, aka open middle seats back up again. I mean, that can't possibly be happening anymore. But I also, you know, wouldn't count on people using logic either. So I don't know. That logic is out the window. But, you know, people make your own choices, you know, do things informed, be informed when you make these decisions. And now you know that maybe you should not be getting on a plane, a 737 to see anyone in the next yeah. year as a pandemic. And, and wild that, you know, the CDC is just now saying that you shouldn't get on a plane. I mean, after people have definitely already bought their tickets. Um, but also I do want to talk about, I do think it is so important, you know, when we're talking about a quarter of a million deaths in the U.S. because of COVID, it is so important to give people's perspective of those like entire populations of like Reno or Scottsdale, because I feel like we've talked about this before, but when you're not connected to those deaths, it seemingly for like a lot of Americans, not really like letting them know how serious this is. But it's like when you see things put in different perspectives, like hopefully it's waking people up to these numbers. 
I hope so, because I think we allow ourselves mentally, and it's part of protecting ourselves. When you hear these big numbers, you just can't really imagine, because to imagine it, imagine 250,000 people with families that love them and children that that need these people around, and some of these people being children themselves, is a lot for you to take on. So when we do put them in the framing of Scottsdale, like that, I think that can make people think this, take this a little bit more seriously. Like you literally an entire city has been wiped off the face of this earth. So, all right, Casey. What do you have in pop culture today? Anything uplifting for us? You know what? I do have some uplifting news, and I'm excited for it. Uh, (laughs) We have a release date for Wonder Woman 1984, and it's Christmas Day. (gasps) This Christmas? Yes, this Christmas. And here's the extra special great news. It won't just be hitting theaters, which, again, you won't catch me in a theater anytime soon. It will be released also on HBO Max at the same time. So you can watch the movie with your family if you have HBO Max. And I can't wait. I think that'll be a perfect day. So alongside the announcement, Warner CEO Jason Kalar released a lengthy statement explaining their decision, saying the company wanted to honor both the fans who deserved a safe viewing experience and theaters who really need the business right now. He added, quote, I find it fascinating that we will be measuring the performance of this movie in an entirely new way. To use a line from The Wizard of Oz, we're not in Kansas anymore. We sure, sure are not. This is exciting. I've been looking forward to this a lot. I know that I know that our dear uh, Wonder Woman had her own little snafu earlier in the pandemic with the, what was that video? Can you remind us, Casey, what happened there? <laughs> do I have to say the I word? <laughs> do, I, do I have to say it? No, I refuse to. I don't say that word anymore. <laughs> but you know what? It is. It is kind of wild to me when it says like, we're not in Kansas anymore. You know what? We haven't been in Kansas for a long time. long time. We haven't. And also even prior to this pandemic, I've been, you know, with all our streaming sites, it's just like, it's time to totally reinvent the wheel of how we measure performance of movies and television shows. Like that is truly wild to me. I'm like, let's, let's get on it. Yeah, I do love that these uh, studio executives continue to try to use the pandemic to cover up just larger cultural and tech trends <laughs> that are changing um, because like Quibi... Ma'am, mm-hmm. that was not going to happen in no. the first place. Do no. not blame this pandemic for that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, move on. <laughs> and they did because Quippy is closed. But anyway, let's go on to something else. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I also don't say the Q word anymore. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to dive into some drama. It's specifically TikTok teen drama. We're talking about the most followed person on the platform, Charlie D'Amelio. She decided to expand her empire this week by dropping a brand new show on YouTube, and it did not go well at all. In fact, she's losing hundreds of thousands of followers because of it. The show, called Dinner with the Demelios, was supposed to feature a dinner conversation between Charlie, her sister Dixie, who is also a TikTok influencer, their parents, and a special guest. This week's guest was the sometimes controversial YouTube star, James Charles, but he was not the problem. People really couldn't get over how rude Charlie and Dixie were to their personal chef who was making them dinner. At one point, Dixie tries a snail and then proceeds to start throwing it up at the table. Don't be so dramatic. Excuse yourself. (laughs) She being real? Yeah. Oh, she actually threw up. Ew. Classic Dixie. Do we have any dino nuggets? Ew. 
And yes, that's Charlie at the end asking to eat dino nuggets instead of the delicious looking paella that was prepared for her. The backlash has been pretty swift with Charlie, who was closing in on 100 million followers, now losing about 500,000 and counting. Casey, wait, you are to tell, you're telling me that influencers are terrible people secretly? (laughs) Crazy. (laughs) Wild. Okay, that's actually not true. There are lots of influencers that are really lovely. Some of them I do call my friends, so I do not want to make that blanket statement, but this, I would, I saw, I, I've watched some of Charlie's content. She lives in a beautiful home, which yeah. I think she owned before, before all of this fame and uh-huh. glory happened. So I've always assumed there was going to be some of this, these antics. Like they already probably have this chef, I'm assuming, already on speed <laughs> dial before they were famous. Yeah. In terms of money and also in whiteness, they are incredibly privileged. And it's just like kind of, you know, when I saw it, I was like, oh, maybe people are picking apart like influencers because they're easy targets. But watching the video, it is tough. I, you know, I don't know. I grew up a completely different way and I would never act that way. And I know they're teens, but it's just like, oh my gosh. It's just like asking for those dino nuggets, being rude to this person who just like made this food for them. It is just like not a good look at all. I would like to point out someone that would never do this, that we do love on this show, and her name is Princess Diana. You know, I was finishing The Crown last night, and there is a scene (laughs) where she... Why is this connected? (laughs) where she does um, engage with the staff in the, the palace during Christmas and she acknowledges them. She smiles at them. She, I think she asks how they're doing. I don't know. She treats them like people. So if Princess Diana can treat people like people, then Charlie and her sister Dixie can do that. That shouldn't be typical Dixie to like spit up the chef's food, girl. Yeah, no, that's, no. that's wild. In a pandemic, in a pandemic. I just, that's like, that should be the new, like, people are dying, Kim, yeah. meme from the Kardashians. Like, Dixie, we're in a pandemic. Like, <laughs> I do love that. I want to keep both phrases. <laughs> God, all right. Well, speaking of good food, uh, when we come back, we've got the Chew and Top Chef fan favorite, Carla Hall. Stay right there. It. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Conquer your New Year's resolution to be more productive with the Before Breakfast podcast. In each bite-sized daily episode, time management and productivity expert Laura Vanderkam teaches you how to make the most of your time, both at work and at home. These are the practical suggestions you need to get more done with your day. Just as lifting weights keeps our bodies strong as we age, learning new skills is the mental equivalent of pumping iron. Listen to Before Breakfast wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, I'm Minnie Driver, and on my podcast, Mini Questions, I ask trailblazers across different disciplines the same seven questions. Questions about the inflection points in their life, what they like least about themselves, and what relationship has defined love for them. This season, I'm coming back with new trailblazers like Blondie vocalist Debbie Harry, journalist and television host Jeremy Clarkson. 
editor-in-chief of InStyle magazine, Laura Brown, and creative juggernaut, Goldie. Join me as we continue this exploration on season two of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Welcome back. Thanksgiving is going to look pretty different this year. You might not be able to see your family thanks to COVID and cooking for so few people, maybe even for one, might feel weird. Despite all the craziness going on in the world, there's one thing we can't control, a good meal. But what a good Thanksgiving meal contains depends on who you talk to. Joining us now to break down all these important food opinions and talk to us about an initiative to make sure everyone gets a good meal this holiday season, we're joined by someone very special. You know her from The Chew and Top Chef. We're talking with chef and author Carla Hall. Good afternoon, Carla. Hello, Zach. Hi, Casey. Hello. Hello. I must say, you're, no one can see this, but your glasses incredible mm. a moment really <laughs> my little really. orange pop of color what can i say <laughs> <laughs> we love that we love that <laughs> all right so you're here to talk about an important initiative to help feed america and we're going to get to that in just a minute but first we want to get your take on some controversial thanksgiving opinions are you okay. ready okay. i'm ready <laughs> so first what do you call this famous dish dressing or stuffing dressing there we go Thank you. Thank you. That's all that's, Zach wanted to hear. It's over. That's all I want to hear. There we go. That, that's all I needed to hear. Okay. So and scene. There we go. That was the big, that was the big to do. But okay. So what goes into a dressing? Like what are the, you know, essential ingredients of it? I do cornbread. So I make my cornbread first. Um, I do skillet cornbread, um, mirepoix, carrots, onion, celery, poultry seasoning, um, chicken stock, I do a splash of cream and one egg. Ooh, sounds delicious. And is it, okay, this is my last one, then Casey can go. Cornbread (laughs) has to be from scratch, right? Yeah. Okay, thank you. (laughs) You know people will be getting that that that, (laughs) just... You know people buy the Jiffy Box and they're like trying to hack it? So you have have corn pudding, like sweet cornbread? No. Yeah, no. no. thank you. So there, interview's Literally, over. I, lo- interview's I love over. that you were like, there's no other option. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> My eyes are going left, right, left, right, right. Is this a trick question? Somebody punking me? <laughs> okay, here, here's another one. Putting marshmallows on sweet potatoes makes it a dessert. So does it belong on the dinner table? It does. It does. Okay. It belongs on the dinner table because Thanksgiving, I mean, I have graduated from the marshmallows, but my family still likes it. So when you think about all of the different things, you think about collard greens, bitter. You think about macaroni and cheese, cheesy. You think about the cranberry sauce, tangy. You think about sweet, sour, salty, bitter. So the sweet potatoes are giving you that sweet element. So that is the place for it. Okay, you say you graduated from marshmallows. What did you graduate to? So I roast, I mean, I still do candied yams. I make a brown sugar lemon syrup with ginger, black pepper, cinnamon, nutmeg, and I stir it up and then I roast my sweet potatoes and then I cut them up and I pour that over and I put my potatoes under the broiler so they're like crispy Kind of sweet, but not too sweet. Zach, Zach, I think we're doing Thanksgiving wrong. I think we've been doing it wrong. (laughs) I hope no one is listening to this podcast today in my family because now they're going to expect so much more out of me now. That is incredible. (laughs) Wow. I didn't know sweet potatoes could do all that. So thank you. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
All right. I have all the controversial questions today, I guess. So my next question for you is, what is your response to people who say mac and cheese is not a Thanksgiving food? I say they're not Southerners or they're not, they don't eat soul food or they're not black or they're, they're, uh, there are some, they are not. They but, are not black. Uh, we love that one. Yes, they are not black. <laughs> <laughs> right, thank you for entertaining. You know, I'm also from the South Tennessee and, you know, mac and cheese. Are you from Tennessee too? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, you didn't know so, we were related. We are related, girl. <laughs> I didn't know we were related. I'm going to call my mom after this and go, we have to make some changes. <laughs> I support you, Casey, 100%. I I support you too, Casey. I support you. (laughs) Okay, so I grew up in LA and we do, there's only four of us out here. Our family's all on the East Coast. And so we just do a very like non-traditional, we like grill veggies and like we're not, we just do whatever we want to do on Thanksgiving. But I have a roommate who's from the Midwest and she brings green bean casserole. So should that ever be served to anyone, period? That is my question. Well, I can tell you that, you know, is she not bringing a, also a layered salad or a jello mold? Because I, my <laughs> husband is from the Midwest and that might be there. So I think that the green bean casserole has its place. I actually have a recipe for a green bean casserole. I just like to make my mushroom soup from scratch and uh, blanch my beans or roast them and toss them at the end and then do your crispy shallots. Or if you do the dirty, uh, the durkin onion, it's great. And I tell you why I'm saying the green bean casserole has its place. That dish, the green bean casserole, can be made completely with non-perishable items. And so I think that in honor of this holiday and thinking about where that dish came from and the history of that dish, we, in this year, can say it is welcomed at the table. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And is it, you know, have you always struggled or have you struggled with this idea of like semi-homemade? You know, like we do a lot of things for boxes, stuffing, mashed potatoes, mac and cheese. And as we're going to get into in a second, you know, these are very non-perishable items that are really important to people. But what's been your stance with like working with them in the kitchen? Um, it depends on the holiday. I think, you know, I went to a friend's house, but she made the stovetop stuffing mix and she coated chicken with it. And it was delicious. It was, I was like, wait, why does this taste familiar? But it was familiar from my childhood. And so I think that there is a time and a place and and I'm not going to shame anybody because with the time that we have or don't have right now, pre-made or semi-homemade gives you that time back. If we do talk about it in terms of shaming, there are people who actually need that food this time of the holiday. So I do get some help sometimes. And I'm going to tell you, you know how I use the potato flakes? They make the best coating for onion rings or anything fried fish. They get crispy. They're so good. Mm, oh my god i love that trick a hack yeah <laughs> i love that you bring up nostalgia because david chang talks a lot about nostalgia being like the secret to good food and like i think about that a lot because whenever i taste something that takes me back to being a kid it makes you yes. feel warm. yeah okay do you know what takes me back i talk about this canned cranberry sauce mm-hmm. oh. that takes me back even though I make my own, I still will have a can of cranberry sauce because it's something about those 13 ridges. Mm-hmm. It is yes. something about hearing <laughs> it come out of the can. Like, <laughs> is that, it's just so many things. I mean, it, it, it is uh, a visceral memory. And so I think this time of the year, there are all of those canned goods and pre 
made things that are food memories that make the holiday for us. Mm, yes, yes, yes. And you know, talk speaking of making the holiday, you're part of a really important initiative right now with Chase and United Airlines to launch the Gateway to Giving campaign to benefit Feeding America. So what can you tell us about this important thing you're doing? Well, that campaign, the Gateway to Giving, is donating $700,000 to Feeding America. And this campaign is all about reminding people to give back to people who are less fortunate. And this money will provide nearly 7 million meals to local food banks across the country this holiday season. And And it's such a critical time, but also as a reminder, and I know that we all need something as we go through this, but there are some people who need a little more. For sure. For sure. And you know, there's just so many people who are hungry. I believe the number is 37 million during the holidays right now and 11 million that are kids. Um, and you've had a longstanding relationship with Feeding America because of you're very passionate about this. So talk to us about how you arrived to this passion and why you're you know, standing behind it, especially now. Yeah, I've been working with Feeding America in some capacity since I started culinary school. And that was the first time that we went as a group to work in a soup kitchen because you're starting to learn to cook. I mean, where are you going to do? You're going to go and actually cook and do something for somebody. And I have been doing some form or fashion of cooking for people and going to soup kitchens and since then. And so it was a natural progression for me to give where I have talent. And so to give back, and I think that's why you see so many chefs who are working with food insecurity. I mean, we, here we are, you know, working in a restaurant where it is someone's choice to come and there are people who are hungry. So you are making money on the one hand and then you're giving it on the other because people are less fortunate. You know, before we go, we want to ask with everything looking so different this year, what are your holiday plans? You know, what are you most looking forward to? I am looking forward to my mother coming. We are bringing her in from Nashville, Tennessee. And um, her birthday is the 21st. So we're celebrating my mom's 80th birthday. And it's going to be very small. There'll only be seven of us. I haven't seen my mother since the shutdown started. And I know she is just a little stir crazy being by herself. So that's going to be the biggest gift. Thanksgiving's just going to look different this year. And I think it's about no matter who you with, hopefully smaller groups like you're doing, it's just like, yeah, it's not going to look like it usually looks, but that's okay, you know, and we'll get back to normal and we'll make it work. Yeah, we'll get back to what it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. I mean, what is normal, you know, and I think that if we're just accepting and going with the flow and, and just honestly being with each other and appreciating and really just bringing our communities together during this difficult time and just saying, I'm there for you. Um, it's going to be great. Yeah. Well, Carlo, I look forward to when I go back to Nashville, which is where I'm from too. Um, I'm going to make you make some of these sweet potatoes for me because they sound incredible. <laughs> okay. <laughs> look, I, 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 I'll send you a care package. No, I'm not going to promise that. Because if I, if I, I was like, promise it. <laughs> no, but if I actually tell you, I will, I will, I will do it because I said it and I'm, I'm not prime promising you that. Don't so, promise wow. me that. I, I'm not going to hold you accountable to that. Just the thought, you know, we are Southern girls and the thought is what matters here today. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. Oh yes. my gosh. Well, Carly, thank you so much and have a wonderful holiday with the family. Thank you. You too. Okay. One more thing. We all remember the song Stacy's Mom by the band Fountains of Wayne. Yes. If not, let's refresh your memory super quick. Stacey's mom has got a 
now, TikToker Jack Wright's songs has considered what the song would sound like from Stacy's mom's perspective. Strap in because it's a trip. Stacy, why is your boyfriend being super weird? Super weird. He's been on all on since your father disappeared. Disappeared. He asked me 13 times about your dad's affair. Your dad's affair. Plus, I think he's been stealing my underwear. Underwear. <laughs> it's good. I like it. I, I <laughs> it's self aware and funny. I do have to say one thing I got such major flashbacks of the song because hey guess what my name rhymes with stacy <laughs> oh my god that's so true did i grow up with everyone replacing stacy with casey and singing about my mom <laughs> yes <laughs> how did that make your mom feel <laughs> you know what i don't know if i ever told her about it i should tell her she'll probably well, like she's, it <laughs> she's finding out today there you go that would like really mess with my mom's head if she's like wait people are thinking of me as like stacy's mom that's so funny it was a hyper hypersexual song that teenagers are singing, <laughs> which has always blown my mind. Like my one of my brothers, um, older brother, uh, he reminded me so much of, you know, Fountains of Wayne people singing like this oh, very yeah, yeah. hymn going after MILFs. And I never understood. And it was in that moment that I knew I was gay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was just right there for me. I was like, I do not want you, mom. I just want to hang out with your mom and like bake cookies and talk about, like, you know, like I love how TV. much this song shaped us <laughs> it truly did like you and i but it also makes me think about like songs that i want to hear the other side of and the first one that comes to mind for me is the song tyrone by erica badu uh-huh. um so I, I feel like you probably heard it but it's a very yes. famous song for like breakups and people saying like you better call tyrone who in this fictional version is someone helping this her lover get his shit is the the line and i always thought that tyrone doesn't want to be called like why am i helping you pick up your stuff and you messed up your relationship because i feel like i'm always tyrone and i'm always helping my friends that like cheat on their partners or do whatever oh, and like God. i have to go help clean up the mess and i'm tired so i think there needs to be a song by tyrone who's over this okay that'd be a really funny one though i do want to hear that side of it i'm sure there's so many other songs you could do that too but i really most often think about listening to a song where a male singer is singing about a woman and I love a cover when a female singer replaces that man. And then it's just a super gay song. And it also is just like a whole new window to look through. I love it. Well, I mean, Casey, I'm so glad you bring it up because I think subconsciously you're tying back to an episode just a few days ago uh, about Phoebe Bridgers and Maggie Rogers. I'm just going to talk about it all the time. <laughs> So we obviously you have uh, Iris on the brain still because you're still very much. I actually, I actually saw Maggie and Phoebe on TikTok last night. They were doing like part of the Iris cover and they were both just like cracking up. And I'm like, yeah, that's Iris is a funny song. It's so funny. And when you began, I saw Phoebe and Maggie last night because I know we both live in Southern California. I thought it was going to end with I actually saw Phoebe and Maggie because in a non-pandemic <laughs> world, that's a very normal experience in Los Angeles. Yeah, very fair. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for today. Join us tomorrow when we are discussing Trans Day of Remembrance. And remember, Dino Nuggets are delicious, but they're even tastier if you're nice to the waitstaff who's serving them to you. 
Amen. Be sure to subscribe to News O'Clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to set your alarm so you never miss an episode of News O'Clock. I haven't really woken up oh, until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Zoe Deschanel and I'm so excited to be joined by my friends and castmates, Hannah Simone and Lamorne Morris, to recap our hit television series, New Girl. Join us every Monday on the Welcome to Our Show podcast, where we'll share behind the scenes stories of your favorite New Girl episodes. Each week, we answer all your burning questions like, is there really a bear in every episode of New Girl? Plus, you'll hear hilarious stories like this. Fun that fact. was one of your things too. you brought back from Latvia. Yeah, I brought back because a hoop. all professional <laughs> basketball players. Yeah, it's like a little <laughs> seven foot hoop. Yeah, listen to the Welcome to Our Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Colleen Witt. Join me, the host of Eating While Broke podcast, while I eat a meal created by self-made entrepreneurs, influencers, and celebrities over a meal they once ate when they were broke. Today, I have the lovely AJ Crimson, the official princess of Compton, Asia. Kidding, and Asia. This is The Professor. We're here on Eating While Broke, and today I'm going to break down my meal that got me through a time when I was broke. Listen to Eating While Broke on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 